Amen. We're in the book of Acts, been going through this book of Acts. We're about done, actually. Um, we're going to go through this chapter 27, the Lord willing, and the church don't rise. Amen. And a few other things that might happen along the way. But, we, you know, we, how many know we want God to have his way in everything we do? And so we'll be in the book of Acts, chapter 27, and I'd like for you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. We're going to start reading at verse 26, but in verse 25, Paul tells them in the midst of a storm, the ship is really badly beaten up and, and it looked like there was no hope for them and they couldn't see the moon or the stars. And I mean, it was just a horrific ship storm that came upon the sea and uh, Paul went to the Lord in prayer and God, in whom Paul served, sent an angel. And that angel told Paul not to fear that he's going to Rome. Paul's going to Rome. I mean, if God says you're going to make it, you're going to make it. And so Paul tells him, be of good cheer. I believe God, verse 25, that it will, that it will be even as told me. And by the way, I want to say be of good cheer. I believe God just as it has told me. And this Bible tells me that we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. We're more than conquerors. Jesus gives us the victory. You say, what is more than conquerors? Well, a man works all week long. He gets his paycheck. He, he, has, he has conquered his check. And then he gets home and his wife puts her hand out. She takes the check. His wife's more than a conqueror. Amen? And Jesus makes us more than a conqueror. Verse 26, howbeit, that's another word for, but we must be cast upon a certain island. This island is Malata, or Malta, some pronounce it. There's a guy by the name of Publius that has a bloody diarrhea, it's about to die. And so God sees to it that the ship ends up at Malta. If they had missed Malta, they'd have been 400 miles blown out to sea. But how I many know God don't let you miss? He, he's got a target, and he sent Paul to Malta, and there Paul, through the power of Christ, healed this publius of a horrific, bloody flux. Now, let's read, but I need to quit preaching and read just a little bit. But when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. In other words, they were feeling that they were coming close to land. And they sounded and found it 20 phantoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 phantoms. You say, well, how did they sound? <laughs> how does a ship do the sounding? They don't have a compass. They don't have radar. How they do sounding? Well, they, they measure a rope, and they put a weight on the rope and drop the rope down into the water, and when it hits the bottom, that tells them how deep the water was. That's called sounding. I'd have named it something else, but that's what they called it. And they found that there were 15 phantoms from land. The water was getting shallow. And then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Have any of you ever wished for the day? 
I've been wishing for the day that the Lord would come quite a bit right now. And they were in a horrific mess, and they wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color, that means under disguise, as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said unto the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Paul ratted on them. <laughs> That's what he did. He ratted on them. I mean, sometimes preacher needs to rat on some folks. Amen? So I right, call me a rat if you want to, but I'm going to tell folks they got to be saved or they're going to go to hell. Amen? And it says, Paul said, they can't be saved unless they stay in the ship. Let me say right now, don't jump ship, stay in the ship. And then the soldier cut off the ropes from off the boat, the little lifeboat, and let her fall off. Probably some of the some of the soldiers or maybe sailors cried when it fell into the water. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, this day is the 14th day that you have tarried and continued fasting. By the way, they, by the way, they were not fasting to get a miracle from God. They were fasting because they were too sick to eat. Having taken nothing, wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health or strength, for there shall not a hair fall from your head of any of you. When he had thus spoken, he took bread, gave thanks, Paul did, in the, uh, to God. He gave thanks to God in the presence of all them, of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And then were, all, then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And we were in all in the ship, 200, threescore, and 16 souls. That's 276 people on board. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. By the way, this ship was a grain harvest transport that took grain from Egypt to Rome. They cast out the, the wheat into the sea to lighten the ship. And when it was day, they knew not the land. But they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded if, if, they, if it were possible to thrust it into the ship. Thrust in the ship in. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves under the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoist up the mainsail to the wind and made toward the shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship, or you could say rammed the ship, into the ground, a ground. And the forepart of the ship stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the back of the ship, the hinder part, was broken with the violent waves and busted up, of course. And the soldiers' council. Um, the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners lest, they, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, that's Julius, was a buddy to Paul, loved Paul, and he wasn't willing that Paul would be you know, hurt. He, he, the Bible says here, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. Those that can swim... Jump in and swim to land. The rest that can't swim 
some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass, they escaped all safe to land. Notice verse 44 is the only surfing verse in the Bible. Like California surfers, they surfed in a board to land. That's not really true, but it sounded good. At least it did until you looked at me the way you're looking. You may be seated. Um, I want to use for a subject tonight, calm down. Calm down. Have you ever needed to calm down? Have you ever met someone that needed to calm down? <laughs> and so Paul is saying to this ship full of, some of them are prisoners. They're going to go be gladiators in Rome Coliseum. About 170 of them were prisoners. Some of them were soldiers. And of course, Paul had his friends, Luke and Aristarchus. And so um, a lot of these people, they, these prisoners at least, they, were stirred up. And the truth is, they were stirred up before they got in the ship, the prisoners, because they were going someplace they didn't want to go. They were prisoners. But Paul wanted to go to Rome. God put it in Paul's heart early on in his missions to go to Rome. God put that in Paul's heart. Now, a lot of people tried to talk Paul into going you know, tried talking to not go to Rome, but God put that in Paul's heart. And I want to begin by simply saying this. Paul is going to Rome, all expenses paid. Rome's going to foot the bill. He's going to Rome, all expenses paid. But God's going to move him through a storm, bring some things happening so that Paul can that wasn't just a wind blowing a ship around. The wind was blowing in the gospel of Jesus Christ through Paul. And he was sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ on that ship. And the Bible says that God gave everyone on that ship to Apostle Paul. Well, he didn't give them just for safety, didn't give them to Paul just for safety. I believe he gave them to Paul to win him to Jesus. When God gives you someone, it isn't for you to lose them. And Paul had no intention to lose them. But they, the ship ended up on an island called Malta, and the ship was totally destroyed. But there was someone at Malta, Publius, that had a flux, diarrhea, blood disorder, and he was going to die. And so Paul, by the power of Christ, healed him. Not only did Paul, by the power of Christ, heal him, but Paul presented the gospel to the whole island of Malta. How's that for a stop along the way? Amen? Rome would have never stopped if God hadn't caused the ship to be beat to pieces. Amen? And there's a lot of things in your life you wouldn't do if God didn't make it sometimes necessary for you. Sometimes God puts us through things so that we'll do things, so that we'll live the way we should live, that we would do things that we should do. I don't necessarily like the idea of God putting me through hard times. But the truth is, 
You can know you're a genuine, bona fide, certified Holy Ghost machine if the devil's giving you trouble. And you can really shout if God's giving you trouble. Hello. See, we think the devil's the one that only gives the trouble. Well, God sometimes gives us the trouble. And there's a reason for that. Because Paul, God's going to take us to heaven, all expenses paid. In the fourth chapter of St. Mark and in the eighth chapter of St. Luke, Jesus Christ tells his disciples, get in the boat, get in the ship, let's go to the other side. They got in the boat, Jesus got with them, they went to the, they made their way to the other side, but a storm hit. And it was a horrific storm. It was a hellish storm. And then they cried, Oh, Master, Master, don't you even care that we're about to die? And, you know, Jesus didn't get up and say, Oh, brother. No, he just said, Where's your faith? And Jesus rebuked the storm. Now, here's the deal. Jesus Christ said, let us go over to the other side. Both Mark chapter 4 into the next chapter, Luke chapter 8 into the next uh, place of the, at the place of gatherings, Jesus Christ said, let us go over. And the conclusion was, after the storm, they arrived. That's pretty good, pretty good preaching, guys. They arrived. And someone wonders if you're going to make it. You know, th th there's people that I think have a guilt complex. They think, oh, I'm not good enough to go to heaven, and, you know, I'm, I'm a bad person. Well, what else is new? We're all bad. But by the grace of God, he saved us. Amen. But there are people that have this guilt pro uh, problem, and they go through storms. But let me say this real quickly, and hear me out, because it's important that you understand this. Just because you're going through a hard time, just because it took Paul forever to get to Rome. Just, you know, Paul finally ends up on, the, uh, on this, this island, uh, and Malta Island, and Paul, like a good Christian, gathers wood to put on a fire, and then this poison snake reaches up and grabs his hand and bites him. Paul probably thought, when is it ever going to end? You know? You ever felt that way? When is it ever going to end? Now, just as a side note, I'm told that you can't find a snake on that Malta Island at all anymore. That's pretty good, pretty good news. Amen? Now, I'm not in favor of moving there, but you, you get what I'm saying. But just because you're going through a hard time don't mean you're not in God's will. Hear me. Just because you're going through a hard time doesn't mean that God's down on you. The Bible says that the wise man builds his house on the rock. He digs down deep on the, into the rock. This is Matthew 7. He, he builds his house on the rock. And that wise man hears the word of God, does the word of God, builds his house on the rock. And when the winds come, not if they come, when they come. 
Not if the floods come, when the floods come. What am I saying? I'm saying that every Christian is going to have winds, floods, storms, trials. And just because you're going through a hard time doesn't mean you're not a Christian. If you don't get anything out of my sermon tonight but that, you need to get that. Because you can't measure what's happening in your life to determine whether or not you're a Christian. This right here, the Bible, and obeying these scriptures, it's what gets you to heaven. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, what gets you to heaven? You see, we commit ourselves to Jesus, and it is his responsibility to get us to where we arrive. Paul's going to send, God's sending Paul to Rome. It takes a long time for him to get to Rome. But it was God's will that Paul go to Rome. Thus, Paul made it to Rome. If you're a Christian, it's God's will that you go to heaven. You may take the long route there. You may take the troubled route there. You may be agony and nervous about making it. But the truth is, if Jesus Christ is in your heart, you're a Christian, you will arrive. You may go to heaven nervous, but you're still going to go to heaven. You may go to heaven all discouraged, but you're still going to go to heaven. Because you're going to heaven isn't you. You're going to heaven is him, Jesus Christ. That's good stuff. So Paul is going to get to go to Rome, all expenses paid. The storm comes, and when that storm comes, that doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. Go with me to Psalm 107, verse 20. Psalm 107, verse 20. Psalm 107, verse 20. I love verse 20. He, speaking of God, sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving or the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Wow. That, you know what we're supposed to do on our way to heaven? This right here. Rejoice. Giving one, thanks to the Lord. Giving praises to God. On our way to heaven, we are to honor God, love God, no matter the storm, no matter the problem. We're to give him glory. Thanksgiving. Sacrifice. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, singing God is good all the time. The time you're singing it, doesn't feel like it's good. But the truth is, we are to sing and worship the Lord and give thanksgiving to God no matter what comes our way. Now notice verse 22. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Declare his works with rejoicing. Verse 23, don't miss this. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. That's you and I. 
We go down to the ship. You say, well, I'm not in a ship. Yeah, you're in a fellowship. You say, what is a fellowship? That's where two guys together in one ship. That's a fellowship. We're, we're, We're in a fellowship. We're fellowshiping the Lord. But they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. Did you know we're doing business in great waters? Now, I realize he's talking about the the ships taking cargo to other countries, but the truth is we're doing great business, big business in great waters. The great waters of God, the great waters of this world, the great waters, the great storms of life. Verse 24, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. So who does he... So who is it that the psalmist says will see the wondrous, glorious things of God? They that go down into the deep waters, they that go down into the storms, they will know the depths of God's love. They will know the goodness of God, the mercy of God. I'm looking at some folks right now. You know the goodness of God. And you've been through, pardon the expression, hell. But you know the goodness of God. Amen? This is a great chapter. Paul went through everything. And Paul is basically telling these guys on the ship, calm down. Just calm down. I mean, come on, what, what else could go wrong you're a prisoner going to Rome to fight in the Colosseum, Colosseum until death. What else could go wrong? You're going to get beat to death on a ship. You're going to drown. And the soldiers are going to kill you anyway, and you're going to die a premature death. At least you could go to the Colosseum and die slow. Hang on for a while. What could be worse? Well, God blows in a gospel storm. God blows in a storm of the gospel and he gives all them people on that ship to Paul. And Paul's going to lead them to Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Paul's not only going to save them physically by the power of God, but he's going to save them spiritually. I don't have no Bible to prove this, but I think all 276 uh, soldiers, prisoners, People riding, all 276 people on that ship got off at Rome saved. Double saved. Saved from the storm, saved in Jesus. Now, I don't have nothing to prove that, but I do have chapter 27 to prove that they were saved physically. But if I know Paul, he was very busy leading people to the Lord. When they finally get to Rome, Paul How's this for being a prisoner? Paul gets to rent him a house in Rome. He's under arrest, but he has to rent a house. And he's living in a house, and people are coming to his house saying, tell me about this God you serve. Tell me about this Jesus that rose again from the dead. We'll get get into that in chapter 28. How's that for going to jail? Get to rent your own apartment complex. Share Jesus. Why? Because God gave Paul favor with the soldiers and with Caesar. Of course, I realized that eventually Nero killed him. But hey, we all got to go sometime. Hello? (laughs) Could you see Paul going out? He's already told Timmy, 
Timothy, Timmy. You already told Timothy, the time of my departure is hand, as at hand. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. And here he's going to walk out to the chopping block. And the guy standing there with the sword in his hand looks at Paul. And Paul looks at him. And Paul winks at him and says, the Lord's got this. And the one with the sword by orders has got to sever his head. And Paul just stretches his neck out like a, like a you know, a, a, a bird going to get his neck chopped off. And he just lays his head across the chopping block. And by the time that sword came down across Paul's neck and his head bounced in the wicker basket, Paul was in the presence of his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before his head hit the basket, he was with his Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, that's good stuff. Amen? So, you know, Paul... If you read the book of Romans, you're going to discover that Paul just about single-handedly won the whole church, the whole place of Rome, Italy, to Jesus Christ, those that would listen. And, of course, a lot of them were saved when he was over in Corinth and that area, Asia Minor, that people would be traveling through. But Paul didn't start the church in Rome. Neither did Apostle Peter, by the way. But the church in Rome did get started. Amen? To my knowledge, Peter never went to Rome. Paul did. And of course, you have a religious organization that says Peter was the first pope. And a pope can't have a wife. But Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law sick of a fever. And anyone that has a mother-in-law and not a wife is too dumb to be a pope. Come on. Somebody get with me on this. <laughs> and so Paul says, calm down. Just calm down. The God I serve sent his angel and told me that I must go to Rome. Calm down. God's got this. Calm down. Everybody's going to be saved. The ship's going to be busted into pieces. And by the way, they're going to spend three months at the island of Malta, three months there. And so Paul says, calm down. There, there's one thing you need to understand about Paul. He was calm on the sea. He was calm on the land. And he was calm into Rome. No matter what we face, the sea, the land, land or sea, or city, stay calm. Paul would say to all of us today, calm down. And they hadn't eaten for 14 days. They hadn't seen star or moon or nothing. They didn't have a compass or radar. It looked like they were going to be destroyed. They give up all hope that they would be saved. Paul, after a long abstinence, I believe he was praying. The angel shows up and says, Paul, you're going to Rome. Paul says, thank you, that's all I need to hear. And so he runs to the prisoners and says, I just had a meeting 
with the God of heaven who sent an angel. And the angel said to me, you're all going to live and not die because I'm going to Rome. (laughs) That's good stuff. So it hadn't eaten for 14 days. Let me show you something that's interesting. Verse 33, 34, and 35, and 36. We've already read this, but let me say this. And while the day was coming on, I want you to know the day's coming on. Woo, Jesus is coming. The day's coming on. You may have been going through a hard time, but the day's coming on. While the day was coming on, I love that. I could shout right there. I could preach an hour just on that while the day's coming on. Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, this day is the 14th day. Now, listen, if you don't eat for 14 days, you're seriously, your nervous system is a mess. And for 14 days, they hadn't eaten. Amen. And they hadn't taken anything. Verse 33. And he said, 14 days that you have carried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Now, what's happening? The storm has blowed in the gospel of Jesus Christ here. Verse 34, wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, or take some meat, for this is for your strength. Health and strength, same, same word here. This is for your strength, it's for your health. Look up here. This is for your strength. This is for your health. Well, the day's coming, and you've been going through a storm. This is for your strength. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And Paul says, now, I need you to eat for your strength. Verse 34, you need to eat something for strength. For there shall not a hair on your fall from your head, that would be a miracle for some of us, of any of you, not one hair will fall off your head. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread. How's this for a communion service? He took bread, Paul did, gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat it. And they watched Paul eat it. And when they watched Paul eat it, verse 36, then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. They got happy. They got blessed. Amen? Look at verse 38. And when they had eaten enough, some of you are just about there. You've eaten enough. (laughs) I'll be done in a little bit. Amen? I can always see it on Sunday morning. I can look out across the auditorium, and I can tell who's eaten enough. They're fed up. They're not just fed. They're fed up. But notice when they had eaten enough to strengthen them, when they'd got enough to take them over, when they got enough to make them strong, when they got enough and they got strength, notice this in verse 38, they lightened the ship, cast out the wheat into the sea. When they got enough, they throwed the rest of the food overboard. Now, folks, you've got to really be trusting a full tummy on that deal. Amen? You've got to really be trusting the Word of God on that deal to throw your Twinkies overboard. 
to throw your beans overboard, to throw your food overboard. That's, that's crazy. But when they got enough food, they threw everything overboard. Why? Because they're going home. They're going to another land. They're going to another place. I, I'm, I'm about done, but please, I know that you've taken enough, but here it is. And when it was day, they were not, they knew not the land. I don't know heaven. I know about it, but I don't really know heaven. And they knew not the land because this island of, of uh, Malta was actually not the main island they had wrecked on. And they didn't know the land. They didn't recognize it. And notice it says, they saw, verse 39, they discovered a creek with a shore. Now, who doesn't want to go into a creek? Into which they were minded, if it were possible, they could thrust the ship into that creek. When they thrust that ship into the creek, look at verse 40, and when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves to the sea, that's toward the, toward the island, they loosed the rudder bands and hoisted up the mainsail so the wind would blow them to shore and falling into a place where two seas meet. I'm living between where two seas meet and I'm going to play in the creek till I get home. Amen? When you get stuck in a creek, that's fun, especially when you're a little boy or a little girl. Being stuck in a creek is awesome. Garrison Spring, I love being stuck in a creek. Between two seas, heaven and earth, we, we are at a place where two seas meet, heaven and earth, heaven, the sea of glass, earth, the turbulent blowing waves of the raging sea between two seas that meet. And so we wedge ourselves in. We bury up ourselves in the presence of God and falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground. That word ran the ship aground means that they rammed it in there. And I have rammed myself into this book. I have rammed myself into the promises of God. I'm not going anywhere. I might be all busted up, but I'm going to get to go home. I'm not going to Rome. I'm not going to the Vatican. I'm going to heaven. Amen. Well, there you go again. I see you've taken enough. But notice this. They got to a place where they remained unmovable. The hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. I want you to know that I am stuck in an unmovable place. Because I'm going to heaven. Who cares about the ship? I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. Notice verse 42. It says, and the soldier's counsel was to kill the prisoners. And Julius, the centurion, said, no, 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 because he, he loved Paul and liked Paul. He said, don't do that. And he said, cast yourself that can swim into the sea and swim to shore. And those of you who can't swim, you know, surf it in. Get aboard, piece of, and get aboard. And I want you to know 
you need to get aboard. If you can swim, swim. If you can't swim, get a piece of this good word of God and get to shore. That, you know, that's just good preaching. Get, get a piece of the board of this word of God and get home, get to shore, get to safety. Because God's got a job for you to do. Isn't that beautiful? Man, I've done preach myself happy. I think myself mad. That's a biblical term. I'm not mad. I'm glad. Well, Paul, why didn't you say so? Or Festus, why didn't you say so? Well, I want you to know I'm glad because I know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. He's my Lord and Master. And so they end up at this island called Malta, and that'll be next week. Next Sunday night, I don't know whether we'll finish chapter 28 or not. I know that the following week we'll be having, who doesn't remember Robert Fink? He'll be with us that night. And so he'll be ministering that night. And uh, hopefully I can get done with the book of Acts maybe next Sunday. If not, we'll do it a couple weeks later. We'll get it done. And uh, it's exciting to know that God has a purpose for our life. And God has put something in your heart, just as God put Rome in Paul's heart. Paul ended up in Rome. God put in Paul's heart to go to Rome. Where did Paul end up? Rome. And I don't know what God has put in your heart, but whatever God has put in your heart, it will happen. It will happen. You may go through a storm. You may go through a hard time. And God may take the long way around, but he'll get you home. So let me say to everyone in this room, if you wrestle with, well, maybe I'm not in God's will. I'm under pressure. I, I, I feel like maybe God's short with me. I feel like maybe God's mad at me. I feel like maybe God's, you know, he's put out with me. I'm, let me say right now, without any apology, that's the devil talking. Surely you ain't doing that. I wouldn't admit it if it was me talking. That's the devil. Because the devil wants to make everybody in here inferior to go to heaven. He's the accuser of the brethren. That's in Revelation chapter 12. And God wants to convince, the devil wants to convince everybody in here, you're not good enough. And you're not. And I'm not. The devil wants to accuse you and tell you that you're not a Christian because you're going through a hard time. Yet, the absence of trouble doesn't mean you're saved, and the presence of trouble doesn't mean you're not saved. That's good stuff. Good, good stuff. Good, good learning. And the book of Acts is incredible. I'm glad you came tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever happened to that wheat that they throwed overboard? Well, the fish had a wonderful time. The fish had their own, very own revival. Amen. And we hope the fish didn't end up like Publius. 
<laughs> I got to stop. That's where my wife would say, stop. <laughs> yeah, she's always telling me, turn your blinker off. Everywhere I go, yeah, I drive down the road, the blinker's going. I don't hear it. I do not hear it. Judy has built-in radar. She hears it. I can't hear it. I cannot hear the blinker in the car. She said, the blinkers. And she, and she said, and I asked her, I said, why don't it turn itself off? She said, it's got me. It doesn't need to turn itself off. <laughs> and so I've made up my mind that when I'm by myself and Judy's not in the car, the air conditioner's going full blast and I won't hear her say, I'm cold. And I'll go down the road with my blinker on. And I'll drive for 10 miles with the AC full blast and my blinker on. And I'll pull back into the drive at home and say, I've got a wonderful wife. Just needed a little vacation. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, we're going to give him the invitation. I've got to stop it, or I'll be in chapter 28. Somebody told me the other day, well, why don't you just preach to the whole, you know, don't stop. Well, the problem is there's no stopping place. If you start, you just keep going. I remember Dan Sandoval. I miss Dan. Dan Sandoval, great guy. And and he was preaching in uh, one of our outreaches in Springfield. And I remember he preached for two and a half hours, nonstop, in the book of Romans. And he said, what do you think of that, Brother James? And I said, I'm glad I wasn't there, Brother Dan. <laughs> <laughs> And Dan says, it was good. I said, wonderful. And I'm sure it was good. Amen. But how I many know everybody in that, in that church could have said when they had enough? And some of you are saying that right now, preacher, I've had enough. I got more compliments on my sermon this morning because I cut it short. <laughs> everybody in the foyer said, that was a great sermon today. Only because I stopped 20 minutes early. Well, don't stretch your luck. I'm not going to make that a habit, but amen. Josh, come and bring a song. We're going to give an invite. If you're going through a storm, that's no proof that you're not a Christian. If you're going through a hard time, that's, that's not anything to be overly concerned about. What you need to do is spend your time giving thanks to God, giving praise to God in the hard times because in the depth of the sea, the waters, it's them that are, go down into the deep waters of the sea that really know the wondrous works of God. Isn't that beautiful? Stand with me. We're giving an invitation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.